everybody, and welcome to A Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition Live Play. I'm your friendly keeper, Jaso, and I'm joined by my friends. Who are you guys? I'm uh, I'm Luke Gamble, and I will be playing the character Felix Kloster. My name is Kevin Winterfeld, and I am playing Joseph Soaring Eagle. My name is Bailey Arms. I'll be playing the character Tilly Savage. And I'm Sarah, and I will be playing Carrie Adams. Previously on The Pine. Luna reveals a safe room that the Thunderbirds were never aware of, despite some of them being current employees of the lounge. Afterwards, she hands a mysterious letter to Tilly, mentioning that she isn't sure how she came in possession of it, but that it is addressed to her. On the way out, she throws a jacket over Tilly's shoulders, the pockets of which contain a revolver and ammunition. Heading back to the Elk, they see a motorcycle parked at the strip that wasn't there before. After overhearing a conversation that Fawn is having, they meet Jake, who has returned after missing for days. Carrie asks that she ask the two a few questions, and both agree to do so first thing in the morning. Suspicious of Jake's sudden reappearance, Carrie attempts to have Bubby sniff out his tent he set out in the woods, but to no avail. In the privacy of her own room, Tilly reads her note, which mentions that someone is aware of her infatuation with myths and secrets, and states that they have many more, should she meet them behind the lounge the following evening. Later that night, Joseph's sleep is disturbed by the sore at the back of his head, and while soothing it sees a figure leaving out the back door downstairs towards the tree line. Heading into the backyard, Joseph has little luck spotting anyone, and reluctant to follow alone, decides to wait until the morning to investigate further. Tilly has a surreal dream in which she follows a misty trail that leads her out of the elk and into the woods. Not far within, she comes across a small gravesite marked by two sticks in the form of a cross. The next morning, the group awakes, renewed and refreshed after the strange events of the prior day. As they begin to formulate a game plan, Carrie gets ready to begin her investigation by digging deeper into the lives of Fawn and Jake. Both Tilly and Carrie. You see Carrie walking down the stairs, and Carrie, you see Tilly entering. Uh, morning. Morning, Carrie. How was your night? Fine. Slept. Bub slept. Ready for breakfast. So Carrie goes down. She sees the rest of the Thunderbirds sitting at the breakfast table. Fawn gives her a good morning and says, I figured you may want to eat before you asked us some questions. Yeah, detective. definitely. Alright, fantastic. You see that she's cooking oatmeal and what looks like creamy, cheesy scrambled eggs with basil. Jake walks in and gives you guys a good morning, everybody. Morning. Just nod my head. He sits down as Fawn kind of serves out breakfast. And Fawn sits down and you guys eat. Uh, Tilly, what were you going to do? Were you going upstairs? Yeah, she's just going to go upstairs and clean up. You guys finish breakfast. Fawn is kind of cleaning up and Jake looks like he's still sitting at the table Ready for probably more than likely some type of questioning or something coming from Detective? Um, yes. I would like to question him. Do you want to go in a separate room, Miss Adams? There's like a den on the other side of the house, on the first floor. Like a, just like a, yeah, like a living room type of area. A little small TV in there. Looks almost like really old TV. It's dusty. I'm going to grab like a notebook and then uh, I'm going to ask Jake to come to the den and then if they want to sit in i don't really care I, I i don't think felix really wants to get involved with any any of that stuff but he would like to i guess discuss with joseph at least like a plan of attack for the rest of the day because clearly we're all shacked up in this little clubhouse so we have to figure out what it is we're going to do to fulfill the sheriff's request as you ask joseph this fawn turns around and says i was thinking at some point during the day I'm sure the sheriff will probably call us at some point and let us know what time this town hall meeting is, but I was thinking of maybe doing some flyers. I made some, and she goes over to the end of the kitchen counter and grabs a stack of papers and shows it to you. There is a woman's face on it. There's missing. It says Mio Kwani. 
It lists some details about her and when she disappeared. Looks like she has some amount of uh, Indian heritage from what you can see. And you do notice that there is sort of like a slight scarring on the side of her face. I was thinking maybe we could go by her place of work and just hand out another stack to them and maybe around town. Felix shrugs. Well, I suppose it's a start. Uh, unless you guys had other ideas as well. That could just be one of them. Hmm. Well, didn't the sheriff mention something about a fire of some sort up north near the fire watch? Maybe perhaps some more missing folks up there they haven't heard from Abraham. Might be a better trip for tomorrow, though, seeing as how we have the town hall meeting as well. I suppose we could get started passing out these flyers for now. Joseph, does that work for you? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, were we gonna wait until Carrie was done, or...? We would like her to finish her, um, interview, yes. Is there any pen and paper in our rooms? Like, in the desks or anything? As you go through some of these drawers that are in your room, you find the pen and paper, but you also find underneath them a black candle figure. It's not too large, maybe, I don't know, let's say it's about the size of your hand. Something small, though it may be fit on a desk or something like that. And the figure is shaped like a humanoid, but at the top of his head looks like two horns or ears or something. And you find one of those. If you want to put it back, you can. If you want to keep it, that's fine. She'll keep it. So you probably just toss it in in your jacket or in your bag or something yeah. like that. I wanted to write a letter, I guess, in response to the letter that I received, the anonymous person in the lounge. Okay, as you look at the letter that you were given, is your door open or closed? Uh, sh I would say it would be kind of half open, half closed. Just Okay, so you're kind of sitting probably on your bed looking at this note. It's typed, so there's no handwriting on it. It doesn't list any address or anything, though, besides meeting at the back of the Luna Lounge at 9 p.m. tonight. All right. So you begin pinning this letter as sort of response. She's doing this in her own handwriting? No, just kind of blocky, all caps. What's it say? Something along the lines... Dear stranger, as much as I love secrets, I won't be able to meet you here alone in the middle of the night. If you'd like, we can talk in person in a restaurant or social spot. I'm sure you can understand this reasoning. I don't sign it, and I would put it in an envelope. If there is an envelope around, if not, I would fold it up. She plans on placing the letter in the spot where she would go to meet the person, but she'd place it there uh, maybe around 7.30. For now, yes, you have a folded letter. So you have your letter and other stuff in your other pockets in your jacket. You're interviewing Jake first? Yeah. He goes into this den area with you and closes the door and sits down. Jake, can you please tell me where you were? You went missing Friday or Thursday? I left a couple days back, Miss Adams, it was uh, last Monday. Last Monday? Okay, so you've been missing... I believe the, the nap. And why didn't you let anybody know where you were going? He kind of takes a deep breath in and lets it out and says, I just needed to get away. Okay, Jake, that's fine. Now... As far as I understood, you've had a relationship with Fawn? Well, me and Fawn, we grew up together. My parents, uh, my dad died when I was young, and my mom, she, well, she drinks a lot. And it was a nice escape to go hang out with her and Mio, too. We always hung out together. Um, so, after time went on, yeah couple weeks back, maybe a month now, two months, we started to go out, yeah. Okay, and is that still going on, or...? No. At least I don't think so. It's... well... Let me go back. Fawn's mom still lived up until a couple years back, but Mio, she... Both her parents died in the fires of 
the 71. She, uh, she only had her aunt who eventually came down with some type of mental disorder. They had to put her over in the mental institute. She's had a rough life. And, well, we were all close and I felt so bad for Mio. I, sometimes she'd visit me at my tent at night. Friendly, of course, but, well, it was my fault. I, I took things a little too far. I, you know, I was just, I felt so bad for her. And how long ago was this? Last month. Okay. Into September. So you had a relationship with Fawn and Mio, it sounds like, about the same time, is that correct? I was going out with Fawn at the time. Mio said that we should tell Fawn, and I would never want to hurt her, especially when we had grown closer. So we told Fawn that morning, and I mean, you know, how do you take something like that? It's got to hurt you, even, even if I meant well, I never meant to hurt her, but... So it's been strained ever since then. Okay, so same time you were dating Fawn, and then you told Fawn, is that correct? We didn't want to lie to her, keep it a secret. And how did Fawn exactly react to this? Like I said, she was understanding but still hurt. Were they still on good terms, or...? I think she was more mad at me. Maybe she just didn't understand. I don't know. I didn't do it to hurt her. I just... Mio... She started getting so reclusive, I felt so bad for her. She never really had anybody. When you and Fawn stopped dating, was that the new relationship of you and Mio? No, it was never like that. Mio, I don't think things could ever work out between us, but I just wanted in that moment to give her something. And does anybody else have any issues with Mio? Or does she have anybody that doesn't like her? Maybe arguments, anything that recently has happened? Well... It was, Jake kind of has trouble finding exactly how to tell you this. The thing is, that was just the first part. Fawn, a couple years before Mom died, she... Well, I think I should just show you, Miss Adams. He says, kind of standing up. Could you come with me on back? Sure. I have my weapons on me, right? Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, they're they're concealed. Okay. Um, then yeah, I will walk with him. As Jake kind of leads you out of the room, he pokes his head in the kitchen and asks uh, Fawn, could you come with us? I'm going to take her to show her. And Fawn nods and kind of follows you. Everything all right, Carrie? Yeah, we're just going to go see something. I guess, related to Mio, just to make sure that I get all the information on Mio. Alright then. Can I ask if it's necessary to bring Fawn with us? I don't under- I, I would- I prefer to keep the questions and the information separate between you two. I guess if you want to stay out of this, Fawn, I'll just show her the grave and if she needs any extra questions, then she can ask you. Definitely. Okay. Fawn agrees and kind of stays behind. So, Jake leads you out back. He then leads you into the forest, and not too far of a walk-in, he shows you, in between some trees, a small clearing. And at this clearing, two crudely put-together sticks of what looks like sort of a cross, a kind of a gravesite in the ground. And Jake looks at you and says, I don't want you to freak out. It's just, well, it's a, it was Fawn's friend. Kind of like her pet, but it was more than that. A couple years before Fawn's mom passed away, this white elk would come from the forest. She was always a animal person. She was studying to be a vet before her mom came down with some illnesses that had to keep her working here full-time. She just didn't get a chance to go back to school. But, uh, yeah, they befriended this white elk before her mom died and well she grew really attached to it it was kind of the one thing in her life her mom falling ill it was kind of a constant I guess to her but I uh, I felt terrible 
about hurting Fawn. And you probably may have noticed, maybe not, but there's no alcohol in the house. I try to stay here instead of my home because of my mom, but sometimes I drink. And after the whole breakup with Fawn, I started just staying out here instead of sleeping downstairs in the house. One night I I got really drunk. You know, I just... I was hurting everybody and I wasn't meaning to. And I guess the, the elk came along and I was scared. You know, I always carry a hunting rifle with me. Or did for a while. I legally own one. I was spooked. I didn't mean to. I just didn't think. And... I accidentally shot it. You were scared of an elk? Again, I was really drunk. So, what does this actually have to do with, like, Mio and possibly somebody being angry at her? Well, Mio doesn't really have any enemies. But, you know, she doesn't have any friends beyond me and Fawn. This was kind of like the last straw. When I accidentally shot this elk... Harmony, that's its name. They, of course, heard the gunshot and they came. And I told them what happened. Fawn, after everything that's happened between us, and Mio, well, after that, seeing how hurt the two of us were, she just kind of disappeared. It's like she became more reclusive than ever. Okay. This was the first of this month that I accidentally shot it. After that, so October 1st. Next couple weeks. Mio went from coming by sometimes to just not coming by. So, did she disappear around the same time that you went missing? He looks at you and says, that was the last that I saw of her. Okay, so probably also on, like, Monday as well. Jake, there's something going on more than what you're telling me. I don't know what it is. I'm a detective. I see this all the time. There's... You were dating Fawn. Mio and you had something else going on. You, in turn, got drunk, killed a thing that she loves, one of the last things that she loves, and you're going to tell me that she didn't freak out or you didn't freak out at this whole entire situation. Somebody did something here and you're not telling me something. He says, I think it was um, the 9th or 10th. I was out of my tent here. And Mio didn't seem like she was going to come back. I was worried for her. And me and Fawn, of course, weren't talking all that much. She built this here. I was drinking really badly. And I should have just put my gun away. I should have just gotten rid of it. He kind of pauses for a moment. There was something else that night that was stumbling towards my tent. I was scared. I didn't know what it was. I knew it wasn't that elk this time. It looked like a person, but the way they were walking, it was... I fired my gun, and it looked like they stumbled. I don't know if I hit them or not. Crystal. She... It was Crystal. She was covered in blood, like bruised up. I don't know if it was from me or from something else. I was scared. I'm not trying to run away from the law. I just... Well, that's why I'm here now telling you the truth. Did you actually shoot her or do you think you shot her? I don't know. I I just... I took off. Jake seems like he's telling you the truth, but maybe not the whole truth. Jake... Let's go ahead and walk back to the hotel. I'm going to need you to stay there. And, you know, I just want to make sure we get you cleared here. We might send you down to the station. Maybe just keep you there, hold you there for a little bit of time just to make sure everything does get cleared I understand. I accept the responsibility. Okay. And let's go ahead and head back to the hotel so I can talk to Fawn. You guys start heading back. So what what all's on these these flyers that she's passing out again? It just has uh, Mio's apartment address on it. It has Mio's face 
like a portrait of her. It has her name and phone number and uh, missing on it. And I guess I guess in Felix's head he'd be doing a little bit of brainstorming. Do, was there any other leads we had for strange goings on aside from the Firewatch? Obviously, the comms tower or Firewatch having trouble contacting you with the weird fire that's going on. Detective Adams questioning the perps here and whoever else who may be. Um, you may want to cross-reference any info with Carrie after this, maybe uh, from what you saw of Crystal. Yeah. You have Mio saying that she wanted to pass out flyers. You know there's a town hall meeting going on later on today. I'll wait for Carrie to get back then. Jake and Carrie come back in. Jake will ask you if he can just go get his stuff together back at his place and he'll come right back up here. I want to ask either Joseph or Felix to walk with him. Sure. I'll go. Alright, Joseph, you start walking with uh, Jake. He's a pretty quiet guy. Seems like a loner. A rebel. <laughs> you two should get along. Yeah. He heads to his room. He grabs just some clothes and stuff. Starts heading back with you. In the meantime, Carrie. Fawn is ready to be asked questions if you are. She's in the den. Okay. Perfect. Fawn, when did you notice Jake and Mio had went missing? I think the ninth that Mio disappeared. And that's around the same time that Jake did too. What's the relationship you had with Jake? We grew up together. Jake, me and Mio, well, our families were very close. Uh, hers were into a lot of the old Indian tradition. My parents were hippies, so they got along well. As you can probably see, it's passed down from my cooking and stuff like that. I kind of take to it myself. We were always friends. Jake's, he, he had a hard time growing up. His, he didn't have a dad and his mom was a drunk, so he would come over to play with us just to try and get out of all of it. And We became friends. At some point, Maybe a month or so ago, we kind of started dating. And are you still currently dating? No, no. He showed you uh, Harmony's grave, right? That is correct, yes. Is that what stopped you two from dating? There was that and with Mio. He did, and did that possibly make you more angry at Mio? I think back on it now, and I think I was wrong to be angry. I just didn't understand why they did it. I thought maybe Jake was trying to hurt me for whatever reason. My mom was slowly getting more and more sick, so I think the stress of that was just on my shoulders. I don't really blame him so much, but then the whole elk thing happened, and I always told Jake to stop drinking. And... How did you feel about Mio, though? I understand, you know, Jake did probably did a lot more to you, and it seems to me, you know, I, very odd about the whole entire situation that happened. Even that he, you know, killed the elk and everything, you know, Harmony seems you know, probably like a peaceful creature rather than one that would be so scary. Did any of that affect how you felt about Mio, though? Well, no, me and Mio were always friends. I, I guess maybe I felt a bit of jealousy which is wrong of me but i don't know i think maybe we were both pining for a particular thing and jake was there for us i don't blame her she told me the truth after all she didn't try to lie and then after the whole elk thing she was just as distraught she knew how important that animal was to me technically he was drinking because of everything that happened and i mean it was technically in a sense mio's fault you didn't find any of that an issue well, we always tell Jake to not drink. The whole elk thing, he shouldn't have been drinking, of course. I don't blame that on Mio. Did he tell you anything else about, you know, what happened? Or have you heard any other shots or anything going on in the forest that he's staying in? He told you about the night of the ninth, right? How he thought he shot that girl, Crystal. Okay, so you were aware of that as well? Yes. And he told you that Mio was there, right? No, he did not. 
Damn it, Jake. What was going on during that situation? Last night, I... I did tell Jake to grab a room up front, but... I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to know why he disappeared. He said that... Well, maybe he thinks you just wouldn't believe him. He said that... Mio was there. That she came out of the woods. That she was, like, dirty and had a listless look to her. She said that she can't stay here anymore. She said that she wasn't making any sense and it was really scaring him. You know, it didn't seem like the Mio we knew. And, well, I guess when this crystal girl kind of came stumbling out of the woods, it just really spooked him. He shouldn't have had his weapon on him, though, especially if he's still drinking. He said that he was afraid he shot her. Shot Crystal. Yes. He said that she had stumbled or something, and he wasn't sure if the shot connected or if it just rang out. Mio, at least from what Jake has told me, he said that she said that it would be alright, and she took Crystal and said that she'd take care of it. And I, he told me that Mio told him to just run away, to run as far away as he could. And I guess that's what scared him enough to take off for a couple days. Did you see Mio at all on the night? No, he told me about this. Okay, so he was the only one who saw her. Yeah. Do you think that he was probably the last person to see her? I don't know. From everything that I know, Mio's friends are just us. She's, She doesn't talk to a lot of people. She had a job over at the taxidermist shop. It's kind of always been her gift is, well, gross, but dead things were always a particular fondness to her. She got into taxidermy as a way to kind of relieve stress in her life, and she was good at it. But beyond that, she didn't really even befriend too many of her co-workers. She was just kind of a special person. But we were her friends. But that's the last we saw of her was the ninth. And I don't know if anybody else, well, I don't think anybody else would have known about her. Was anybody angry at her? No. Jake told me that before Mio disappeared, that we should go to her work and make sure and take a look at the things she built before she disappeared. I don't understand what that means, but... I think it's something we should check out. I have some flyers made, too, that we could pass out. Um, yeah, definitely, sure. I mean, that definitely sounds like something that should have been done already. If it hasn't, we definitely should. I I've been passing them out for a while now, but I always want to make sure and give them a new stack ever so often. Sure. Was Mio interested in any other hobbies, or did she have anything that she did outside of the taxidermy and possibly just... You know, with you guys? She was kind of a traditionalist. She took after her family. They sort of... They're like Joseph. They kind of keep to the old ways of their heritage. Beyond that, and I guess doing her taxidermist job, she didn't do much. She was a quiet girl, but always friendly. With those traditions and everything, was there anything? on with that? Like, that sounds like something pretty big. Did she ever do anything? Possibly, you know, hang out with anybody else? She is Cheyenne. A lot of the people here are Cheyenne. So, of course, you know, they have their own traditions, but I didn't mean to say that she did anything particularly uncommon or weird. Okay. That's all I wanted to ask you, Paul. Okay. Is Jake... How did that go? Um, for now, we're just going to take Jake down to the station for a little bit, and, uh, you know, I mean, it is possible that he did shoot somebody, so for the time being, we're just going to keep him in, you know, the safety of us, make sure, you know, number one, nobody really gets harmed anymore, or possibly, you know, if he didn't harm anybody, you know, he'll be free to go. Okay. Jake and Joseph walk in through the door, and, uh, Jake kind of nods, seeing that Carrie's done talking to Fawn and goes to sit in the den and wait. Okay. 
then I I briefly go over everything with them, you know. It seems that Mio and Jake possibly just create a little bit of tension between all of them, but apparently they were all okay with everything. It appears that there was an incident where Jake killed an animal, which, you know, I mean, that's not illegal or anything. He would have told you he has, uh, he's, he's legally able to own the gun and does have a hunting license. There's nothing wrong with that. The issue here is he possibly shot Crystal. So we have- Crystal? Yes. We're gonna have to take him, or at least I, you are all, of course, more than welcome to join me. I gotta go back to the precinct, bring Jake with me. He, he does have to be held until we clear whether or not he did actually shoot Crystal and what's going on, and possibly, you know, figure out what to do about him drinking and shooting things, so... Felix, you know that during your time at the hospital, as Sheriff Grady and Preston were going over the specifics of Crystal's condition, they show you the x-rays, they went over a medical report, you know that she was not shot. Besides some bruising... And maybe small cuts across her body that could have been inflicted potentially by a knife or also by sometimes it sees it seems like, you know, crawling through the forest could have scraped her up quite a bit. Uh, but no gunshot wounds. Okay, well, I'll take uh, I'll take Carrie aside and kind of like, like, you know, speak under my breath so they don't hear it and just let her know that that there were like Felix doesn't want to impede with you know, doesn't want to prevent justice from happening, but he does let Carrie know that there were no gunshot wounds on the girl. Regardless, you know, it is a sticky situation once again that he is firing guns <laughs> randomly. Of course, of course. And he was the last person to see Crystal and Mio alive, technically. He's kind of suspicious. And it just so happens we have some nice missing person posters. And I hear there are usually placards and boards to pin up missing persons within most police stations, so I figured this would be a good place to start. Oh, definitely, of course. And if it's okay with Joseph, I'd like him to ride with me and uh, Jake. I don't think Fawn's coming with any of us. It is possible. Um, she's not really under any suspicion currently. Uh, she gave up all of her information, and, you know, she seems pretty decent. She's running where we're staying at anyways, so um, yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to do, is head there and then possibly talk to Crystal's parents, um, and then I think we have a town meeting or a town hall. Later on in the day, we should also swing by her place of work, maybe drop off some of these uh, missing person posts. Definitely, definitely. Would it be beneficial to maybe check her home? Sure. Another good idea. I suppose we should take multiple vehicles, all... I'll drive if I don't know if Tilly you'd like to come with. Fawn steps out and just says that she'd like to go with you guys if you'd be willing to take her. Sure. Room for five in mine. And I'll ride with you, Carrie, if you need. Yes, definitely. I'll go with Felix. I'll ride with you guys. Felix, I think, would briefly mention the Firewatch, but if we're trying to make a town hall meeting, we probably don't want to hike up to it. Probably wouldn't have time to get back. We can, uh, I guess, formulate a plan of uh, action once we're at the station. Like, which place everybody wants to go first. Sure. Sounds like a plan. Noticing strange occurrences and people not acting like themselves, maybe you should call for help. Unless they've been taken over too. Just ask Donald Sutherland. Or don't. Just make sure between those bouts of insomnia not to fall asleep next to your dog. It's Ward is with Body Snatchers.
Joseph, if he knows anything about the Cheyenne Indian traditions. That's my tribe. I'm just curious on any... I'm trying to get some, just a little bit of background information because I heard that Mio, um, that was you know something she was very much a part of. Do you know anything about healing or anything that, you know, I mean, I'm not familiar with anything. Possibly anything that would do in these situations if you're not going necessarily to like a hospital or well each major tribe had their medicine man yes um, and they all were well versed in different natural salves that were created obviously within the tribe and they yeah or our medicine man they were almost like i guess you would call them shaman we were very in tune with nature and so there were a lot of spirit type journeys and, and that might be looked into as well if someone was sick you know our shamans we heavily believed in the connection between man and nature everything sort of is connected and our shamans they could connect to the spirits and of the nature and the energies around us and sort of use this to do a sort of healing type almost sort of a magic most people don't know of these things, but... Is there ever an instance where that would go wrong? Dealing with these energies is never a sure thing. There's always a risk. Okay. And are you familiar with any incidences of anybody in the area really actively participating in these rituals? Besides, obviously, you know, possibly yourself. Anybody that's doing any bad energies or anything possibly bad? Not that I know of. There aren't many, obviously, now who keep to the old ways. I I go on my weekend retreats to commune with nature, but I was never close to what the shamans could conjure. And as far as I know, that brand of magic sort of died off with our last generation of shamans. It wasn't passed on as society changed around us. Most of us sort of left the old ways behind. Okay. Also, are you familiar with anybody else in the area that's a part of your tribe? There would be others, mostly more of the older generations, so it's few and far between at this point. 
and you guys arrive at the uh, precinct. I'd like to go talk to Sheriff Brady. Walk into the lobby, I'll say, uh, you know, uh, unless you need me in there with the sheriff, I can wait out here, or do we all need to go in for this? I mean, that's totally up to everybody else. I'm just going to kind of brief him on what's going on with Jake and Fawn. And then just try to see if we can get some more information, possibly to go talk to Crystal's parents and get into her work and stuff. I think Felix will come with Carrie, you know, maybe pass pass a couple of those flyers on to uh, onto the sheriff, assuming they don't already have, like, missing person sure. flyers already up. You guys go up to Carla, the receptionist. She welcomes you and points you over to the sheriff's office. Uh, she notices you have some missing flyers. Oh, Fawn was going to get some of those to us. Yeah, thank you. They are from Fawn. Fantastic. We'll, we'll make sure and pass these out, she says as she kind of goes back to her phone. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give her a, a, a hefty stack of them, but, you know, keep a few on my person. So you guys make your way over to Sheriff Grady's office. He's inside uh, doing some writing. He welcomes you in. Morning, guys. How you doing? Morning. Morning, Sheriff. So, how's it going? What's the skinny? Well... It appears that last night um, we did come across Jake, and it also appears that he was the last person to see Mia alive, and he possibly shot Crystal. We know that, you know, she doesn't have any gunshot wounds on her, but he did unintentionally fire a gun at her. How did that happen? Was it an accident or purpose? Anyway, he said that she just happened to, I guess, be in the woods and startled him. Jeez. Well, I assume you brought him in to be maybe detained for a night until he's kind of figured this out? Yeah, I would prefer him to be here rather than possibly, obviously, you know, leaving again or anything else odd. Well, Jake's a troubled young man, but hopefully it doesn't go this far. You know, I had a couple questions because I'm not familiar with some of the stuff in the area. Fawn said that Neo had ended up being there at the same time, I guess, that all this went down. And um, I guess she was seen on the night. Mio was there when Crystal was supposedly maybe shot by Jake, you're saying? That is correct, yes. Hmm. And she seemed a bit out of it. Um, I'm not familiar with any um, Cheyenne traditions, but apparently she was going to help out Crystal uh, with, some, with some injuries. I don't understand. What What do you mean, help out? That's, I guess, what was said by Mio, that she, you know, was going to assist her with some injuries. I'm not familiar with her being a doctor, so I'm assuming it's something with her Indian traditions. Hmm. Kind of nods his head, thinking, all right. Apparently, you know, Jake and Fawn had a relationship, which possibly also Jake and Mio had something going on at the same time. Uh, They all say that there was no bad blood or anything. You know, they were all good friends. It just was all a mistake and that kind of thing. You know, Jake does seem to have a bit of a drinking problem. Yeah. But, I mean, as much as I want to believe that, obviously, it does seem a little bit guilty that he's, you know... (laughs) Doing a lot of these bad things to people that he apparently loved. Well, I hate for it to be something as mundane as this, but at the same time, I, I'm hoping maybe Jacob, his mom has had to spend a few nights in here sometimes. It's a bad influence on the boy, but we always told him he needs to not drink, so maybe maybe this is this is it. Maybe I was freaking out over nothing. I don't know. I guess we can... Maybe have them spend a night or two in a cell just just to be sure. Definitely. I think that's for the best. And possibly, I, I, I really don't think he should be having a gun license anymore. Possibly his gun just, you know, capped as evidence or something. You know, it's something where he doesn't need to really have that on him anymore, I don't feel like. Sure thing. We can uh, make sure and ask him all that. I'll have Monica make sure and escort him over. Okay. And then I guess we're going to go try to find out some more information on Mio. Have you spoken to Crystal's parents at all, or when we could possibly talk to them? Well, as I said yesterday, her mom was so worked up, and her dad, well, he he had to stop by the house, so I didn't get a chance too much to question him. I figured maybe I should just save it and let you speak to both of them when they're feeling up to it. Okay, and do you know where they're possibly at? Yeah, sure, I can give you the address. It's close to uh, Umbridge Parish. 
And then also, do you know possibly where Mio's aunt has been? Is she still around? From what I know, it was quite some years ago when her aunt came down with a bad case of dementia. So they keep her over at Heaven's Haven. That's all I really needed. I just wanted to let you know the information. And is that town meeting still going on? Yes, uh, we made sure to let everybody know uh, 9 o'clock tonight. That's when we're meeting. Sounds good. Uh, We'll also have the mayor there, Gloria. You can meet her as well. Uh, She's happy to help us with anything. In the meantime, we'll make sure and have Monica go over and escort uh, Jake over to a cell. Maybe do a little bit of further questioning, and I'll uh, let you guys get to it. Thank you for your time, Sheriff. All right, so he kind of goes over to Monica and has Monica get Jake. Fawn kind of gives Jake that look, and Jake just says, It'll be okay. This is for the best. And she's sad, but understands because, I mean, he was drinking from what he told you. Well, then we have two vehicles. Uh, I suppose uh, one of us could... Carrie, do you think checking with her parents is a good idea right now? I think we should go and check out Mio's work and maybe her home and then possibly, you know, circle back around, check out the parents, you know, talk to the parents a little bit. Well, given the sensitivity of the situation, it might go over better if you were the one to talk to her parents. Definitely, definitely. I agree. But I could take a few folks over to the place of work right now. Where, where was she employed again? Uh, the taxidermy place, yeah. Fawn is ready to go with you, Felix. I'm going to go to Mio's home first. I'll go with Kerry. If, you know, if we go to her home, then maybe sure. I might be able to help. Oh, Fawn says, if you're stopping by her house, uh, I have an extra set of keys to her place. Perfect, that you can have. thank you. I've looked there before, but I didn't find anything. But maybe you guys taking a second look would be able to find something. And I suppose we could all reconvene at the town hall at 9 o'clock for the town meeting. You guys head that way. Joseph and Carrie, the detective, heads over to Mio's place. You arrive at a set of apartments that are small and don't look like anything fancy. You have the keys to her place. You find her number. You unlock the door, and as you enter, you turn to your right and nearly jump as you see a cat launching with its claws out towards you. You successfully dodge a stuffed cat. You are spooked by a, uh, a stuffed cat that's at her door. Joseph probably walks in along with you. You hit the lights to the place. It's small. Clean, though. There seem to be a couple things relating to maybe the Cheyenne stuff. Nothing that particularly stands out of place without a check. And a stuffed cat close to the front door, so... I asked Joseph if maybe he can look at some of possibly any anything he notices that stands out to him. Carrie, you're looking around. You're finding interesting stuff, but nothing that stands out that would help you with the case. Joseph, you're kind of looking over at some of the stacks of books that she has, mostly relating to her hobby, stuff like that. In the corner, sort of behind two of the rows of books... You find a black hardcover, and on it, the front is written, Book of Shadows. But the interesting thing about this book that stands out is that the contents inside has just sort of, like, been ripped out. Like, whatever was there has been torn out. Okay, I, uh, well, I might want to look at this. This is odd. Okay. found this here, but nothing I've ever seen before. Is it written in English? Yes. Okay. Um, then I want to kind of open it. Now, you said all the pages are gone, or some of it's gone? Like, the entire, you know, the kind of binder that keeps all the pages in, it just, it's like all of it has been torn out, and really what is left is just the actual hardcover. Okay. So, Book of Shadows, and there's nothing in it. It also says Book of Shadows, but it's not very thick. So maybe it's not an actual, like, book necessarily? You're not really sure. Okay. Or maybe a shorter book? Who knows? 
Yeah, that's kind of odd. I guess we'll keep it. It just seems like the only thing that maybe is out of place is this book that kind of has been torn into and tossed in the corner. Does the apartment look like it's been inhabited in since the time she's gone missing? So it would be almost over a week or so. Carrie, you can tell that maybe it hasn't been inhabited for a little bit. Joseph seems to have a particular acute sense about stuff like this. He's able to know that this place more than likely seems to have not been inhabited for about two or so weeks, which puts it right in the timeline of when uh, they last saw Mia. Or even before when they last saw Mia. More like the beginning of the month. Carrie, how long has Milo been missing? Roughly, I mean, they're not sure. Jake and Vaughn kind of gave me a date range between the 1st and the 14th, and they saw her on the 9th. To me, it feels like she hasn't even been here. No, this place has definitely been sort of not used for longer than a week. That's what I was thinking, too. Well, since, you know, pretty much checked that pretty quick, I mean, I wouldn't mind going to see if we could either talk to her aunt, see if maybe her aunt seen her, or if you want, we can go head over to Crystal's parents while they're still searching at the taxidermy place. Maybe I'll meet up. I don't know if Hilo was looking into the old ways. Maybe we should check out her aunts. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that too. I didn't tell everybody, but they did say that they saw Mio and she was a little bit, like, disoriented, possibly out of it. So I think that, you know, maybe there's some sort of connection there. A lot of people think her aunt's crazy and disoriented and all that other stuff so maybe there's something going on i'm okay with that okay so you guys are gonna make your way towards the uh heaven's haven sure thing fawn the doctor and tilly you guys arrive at the taxidermy shop felix is gonna walk in i imagine the other two are coming with them fawn comes following behind you with a stack of papers in her hand you guys walk in. Whitetail Taxidermy is a small place. It's a lot of stuffed animal stuff. It, it looks relatively well done, all of it. There seems to be just a single counter. A somewhat young guy who looks like he's in his maybe mid-30s. Next to the counter, a sort of open walkway, but it is covered with red curtain. Uh, hello, sir. We are a, uh, a neighborhood watch initiative put together by Sheriff Grady. We're, we're looking into the disappearance of, uh, of Mio. We, we understood that she worked here. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, Fawn. How's it going? Yeah, Fawn says hello. Uh, I'm Neil. I run this place. Nice to meet you, Neil. Quite a nice establishment you have here. I've seen you around before, Doctor. It's, it's nice to finally be able to shake your hand. He kind of leans over towards Tilly. I'm Neil. Hi, Neil. I'm Tilly. She'll hold her hand out to be shook as well. Okay, so he shakes your hand. Vaughn gives him a stack and says, here's some more papers. He says, sure. Uh, he goes, what can I do to help you guys? Well, right now we're just looking for information. Hopefully be able to get to the bottom of, well, what happened with Mio. Could you tell us about the last time she came into work, maybe? Well, it's been some time. We've had to place her position because she's been gone for... <sighs> lifts his head, thinking... Maybe two weeks, almost. We were um, putting together an exhibit. Really cool. It's in the back here, but she's never able to finish it. She seemed interested in doing it, but two or so weeks back, uh, I think, she just seemed to withdraw and got really quiet, and then she just kind of stopped showing up to work. Withdraw? Could she have been depressed about something? She certainly seemed like maybe something in her personal life was bothering her, but... I mean, it's, with Mio, she kept herself, you know. She was friendly, of course, and it was nice having her as an employee. She's done quite a lot of work for us, actually. She's very skilled at taxidermy. But she keeps to herself, and beyond being work acquaintances, I don't know too much into her personal life. I see. So she didn't mention anything outside of work, then, in that case. Nothing that I caught, no. You can take a look at any of her works here if you want, and if you need to take a look into the back, whatever you guys need to do. We should probably check to see what she was working on. Yeah, yeah, Felix kind of gives a shrug and says, all right, let's go see what, uh, go see this project she was working on. Maybe it'll provide some insight. Sure. He, uh, 
pulls the curtain and as you guys look in you see it's a dark hallway that goes through he's like neil kind of as you are peeking in says this is kind of going to be something for our halloween event this is a walkway that runs around and comes across uh, the other side of the building you guys notice that there's another walkway now on the other side basically mia had been working really hard to put together a bunch of creatures that she had created herself well you can take a look at any of them i, I don't know if maybe she left anything i i took a look at her stuff, but I, I never saw anything of particular note that stood out. But you're more than welcome to go take a look. Just careful where you walk. Sure, sure. As you guys start to walk in through this area, Fawn following close by, she... I don't want to say shocked, but she doesn't look like she's seen this stuff before. As you guys walk in, you see all types of taxidermy work. Mostly on smaller creatures because of time. But just weird mixed together stuff. There is insects and stuff like that mixed together. It seems somewhat hokey to you in a way, but it's all put together really well. Very kind of like tourist trappy kind of like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really well done work, but it's almost like jackalope type of stuff. As you go in, Fawn says, I don't know if Carrie told you, but there's something that Mio said that she left somewhere here. She left something here? Yes, I don't know what it was, but she told Jake before she kind of just disappeared to look around. I think we should look around and see if we can find anything. A sound idea, Fawn. Will you help me look, Tilly? Yes, uh, Tilly will look first for anything with horns. Felix is looking is looking for mundane stuff and assuming nothing nefarious is happening here. Tilly, you're looking around for stuff with horns. There's a couple different things. One of them is just sort of an elk skeleton that doesn't have any sort of skin work done to it. It's just a skeleton, but it's like standing up like a human being. Felix, as you are searching around, there is a particular insect. It's the bones of a spider that is put on one of the tables. The base is, it's got one of those things where it's like held up by a rod so it can kind of just be held. And the base is this box-like wooden object. As you go to lift it up, uh, you notice a particular area on the box that it doesn't have a handle, but it has sort of like an area where you could maybe put a fingernail or something in and maybe pull it out like a, a drawer or something. It's very small, thin at the bottom of this box. Tilly, how long are your nails? May I borrow you for a moment? Ah, uh, sure. What do you need, Doctor? Tilly will pop a nail in this little insert to pull out this looks like maybe a separate panel that comes out. And it comes out, you guys are maybe thinking this is like a panel to maybe explain, you know, some of this stuff, how kind of taxidermy works sometimes has like a little plaque that comes with it or something. But as you pull it out, it's a folded piece of paper. And as either you or Tilly pull this paper out and unfold it, there was writing on this page by someone. But it has been scribbled out. It's been, whoever wrote this in here has just covered it. And none of it is necessarily legible. Except for a phone number that seems to have escaped any of it close to the bottom. To be continued next time on The Park. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find me on Twitter at JasoCorp. My name is Sarah. I play Carrie Adam. If you want to follow me, I have a Twitter. Gorebeard, and that's spelled G-O-R, the number 3, B-E-A-R-D. And if you want to talk to me, you can always hit me up on Twitter at ThePineJoseph. If you like what you heard, give us some feedback on iTunes or a thumbing on Facebook under Pine Podcast. Stay tuned with the latest news or download fun interactive material like the Harmony Glade map or welcome guide at our website, pinepodcast.com. Big thanks to Dance with the Dead for letting us use their song Quietly Into the Night as our intro music. Check them out at soundcloud.com slash dancewiththedead, as well as accompanying episode music in the podcast info. See you guys next time.